Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Emily Jordan Blogcast. This is going to be episode four, and it's actually going to be a little different than episodes one through three. And if you haven't listened to those yet, be sure to check them out and let me know at the end of this episode which style you prefer, or if maybe you're cool with both of them. Also, before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that subscribing to the podcast, leaving comments or ratings on iTunes, all of that really helps the podcast grow and be seen by a larger audience. So that would be really neat because as I've said many times, I don't want this to just stay in your own head and your own life. I want this to impact as many people as possible and start conversations and questions and discussions about these experiences that we all have, but just don't really talk about as much. So go subscribe, help the podcast grow, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. What I'm going to do today rather than read the blog first is just kind of talk through the blog as it's written. And the reason I decided to do this episode this way rather than how episodes two and three were done is because this blog is actually more of a listicle style blog, which means I'm going to be going through a list of 10 different items. And so rather than reading all the items and then going back and recapping and discussing, I figured that it would be easier to listen to and easier to pay attention to, also easier for me to talk about if I just went down the list and discussed each one. So I'm excited for this episode, not just because I really love the content, but because I kind of feel like I'm teaching a lesson in the classroom again. And even though I did quit teaching, I do really miss the actual act of teaching so very much. So this is going to be really fun for me and also very helpful to you. It's going to give you lots of tangible action takeaways, which I always love in a podcast. So I'm excited to give those to you and I hope you enjoy them. The blog that corresponds with this episode is called The One Thing Stopping You From Achieving Your Dreams. And if you've already read the blog, if you are a subscriber, you know what that one thing is. If you haven't read the blog yet, then that's okay. I want you to just think for a minute about the things standing between you and what you want or what you dream of. What is stopping you? What's holding you back? Why are you here and not there? I think there are initially a number of different reasons that we might think are perfectly logical and appropriate answers to those questions. Things like, I don't have the money. I don't have enough experience. I don't have time right now. I don't have space. And all of those might very well be logistical reasons, but they are not real reasons. Similar to the very first episode of the podcast where I said, you know what, all those reasons are just bullshit. I'm kind of saying that again, except this time I am going to tell you what the real reason is. And I think the real reason we are the people we are and not the people we want to be or the people we dream of being is just simply one thing. And that's self-confidence. Or as I said in the blog, sometimes this manifests as self-doubt. Because I'm 
not really sure there is an amount of money or space or experience that can replace just believing in yourself and knowing that no matter what happens, if you reach for something, you're going to be okay. Because that's what self-confidence is. Self-confidence is not arrogance and it's not cockiness. It's not, I know I can do this because there's still probably going to be that little voice wondering how things are going to work out. And a little part of you is still going to be there doubting your abilities. But self-confidence is not the absence of those things. Self-confidence is when you say, like I said, hey, no matter what happens, whether things go according to plan and I get what I want or whether they crash and burn to shit and I end up right where I started, either way, I know I'm going to be fine because I'm me and I like me and I'm going to be okay. And that level of being able to lean on yourself is just incredible. And it's also exactly what you need to achieve your dreams. Nothing more and nothing less. You don't need a million dollars. You don't need permission. You don't need the perfect space. You just need to be at a place of peace with yourself. You really have to get comfortable with yourself and establish a great relationship with who you are. Not a perfect relationship and not necessarily one where you love yourself and don't want to ever change or change anything about yourself, but at least a relationship that exists and a relationship that you can count on. Because a relationship with yourself is really no different than a relationship with another person. If you don't think someone can handle your shit, you're not going to go to them with it. You're not going to trust them with your problems. You're not going to count on them to see you through. It's the same with yourself though. And we neglect our relationship with ourself, this personal relationship so often, maybe even for years, and we eventually feel the effects of that. I think that's what self-confidence is though. I think self-confidence is just a level of comfort and peace and familiarity with yourself. Not necessarily this unstoppable, invincible, all loving and accepting thing that we might think it is. I think it's more about the establishment of a connection with yourself and attention to that connection than it is about feeling 100% all the time, no matter the circumstances, if that makes sense. So how do you get it then? How do we get there? If self-confidence, as defined here, is really the key to getting what you want and achieving your dreams, if it's really the one thing holding you back, how can you get it? Well, that, my friends, is the point of this blog. I wrote this blog because I had this whole realization myself about self-confidence, and then I thought, man, I want everyone to practice this. I want everyone to be brave enough to address that relationship with themselves and improve it and grow it. And so I thought, okay, well, how does that happen? Like concretely, like how does that relationship form? Because there are a lot of books and articles about how a relationship with someone else can thrive and how we can be good partners. But how can we be good partners, so to speak, with ourselves? So I compiled a list of 10 things that I try to do myself and that I also just think are natural habits of other confident people. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Those 10 things, those 10 practices that you can do and incorporate into your life in order to really, truly hone in on your self-confidence, that relationship with yourself and begin to really nurture it and thus get on the road to achieving your dreams. Because you can so do it. You can do literally anything. It is a wonderful giant world of opportunity 
and choice, but it begins with a decision to first address the things within you. And then with that mentality, you can go forward and start accomplishing things. So let's get to it. Practice number one is to straighten up. And I don't mean tidy up or clean up. I mean, physically with your body, straighten up. How you hold yourself physically is going to be a factor in determining what your mental outlook is. So think about how you're sitting or standing right now. Is it at all a powerful or empowering stance? Are you slouching? Are you looking down? Is there any life in your eyes? Sometimes just shifting how you're positioned and even tilting your head up a little to change your view and just give you that overall mm, feeling (laughs) is a big deal. When you walk, are you more sauntering and lazily dragging along or are you actually walking with purpose and intention and energy? If you don't care enough about those little things, you're not going to be conditioned to care about the big things. If you want those big things in your life, you've first got to become so practiced at all the small things that when the big things come, you don't even have to worry about how you're walking or presenting to others. And not only that, but Take a little pride in the space that you take up in the world. Like fill it with some visible energy and positivity. And I promise you that is going to radiate all around you and really change the way you feel about yourself, but also change the way others feel about you when they're in your presence. Practice number two is to make a mirror note or like a bajillion of them. If you're me, if you read the blog, you got two examples of mirror notes I have for myself, but If you didn't, just know that I am not talking about some cheesy, have a great day or believe in yourself one-liner. Although if those work for you, by all means, write them down. But those types of things don't work for me because I don't believe them. They're too surface level. They don't quite reach the parts of me I need them to. So I have things that remind me immediately upon waking up of the mentality I want to have. And the really cool thing about having something on your mirror or on your closet door or wherever you spend time in the morning or in the evening is that this is not just going to set the tone for your day. It's going to eventually be ingrained in your mind. It's going to be slowly relaying the groundwork to make room for self-confidence to thrive. And I know this to be true because it happened to me. Back when I was teaching, I was terrified literally every day of messing something up, of forgetting something or not doing something I was supposed to do. I taught in French in a French immersion program. And so I was terrified every day of speaking incorrectly even. And I had all this pressure on myself to get everything just right and be just like all the other teachers I admired. And it was just insanely overwhelming. So I wrote on my mirror one morning with dry erase marker, all you can be is all you can be. And this reminded me that I was good enough exactly as I was. And of course, at the beginning, I was kind of like, yeah, okay. But actually through time, the more I read it, the more it sank in and the more I would refer back to it during the day when I would get stressed or at moments that I felt inadequate. I would think all I can be is all I can be. I can literally never be asked to be more than I am because who I am is who I am. Like that's it. So for me, This became a huge confidence practice because it made me start to see so many situations differently. And then I started to see myself differently. So I highly, highly recommend the mirror note practice, or even like I said, a closet door or the visor in your car 
or something by your coffee machine, whatever modification you need to make, I think it's a great practice to truly begin rewiring and recrafting your mindset. Number three is very easy, but very effective. And it's just learning to genuinely say thank you. And I emphasize the word genuinely. So many of us, when someone compliments us or praises us, just brush it off or act like what we did wasn't a big deal because we feel awkward or we don't want to act like we're that excited or whatever. I don't know. We don't respond to praise very effectively, in my opinion. I know I don't. When someone says, hey, your website looks great, Em, I usually just like make a joke and say, I hope so. And I think responding like this kind of puts out the fire of that praise. We don't truly accept the good message someone just said to us. And I think that we need to. If someone says, dude, love that shirt, we need to say thank you and not, I've had it forever. If someone says, congrats on your new job, we should say, hey, thanks. I really appreciate that. And not, yeah, it's no big deal. I still have a lot to learn. When we belittle our accomplishments and don't really take time to absorb the good effects of them, we're depriving ourselves of a huge opportunity to feel good about ourselves. And we're also robbing someone else of a chance to say something nice. You know, we really need to think about when and how we're saying thank you for something and just be much more genuine and intentional with that. Number four is a classic and it is to help someone even when they don't ask. So when we help someone, we know based off of tons and tons of research that we get a surge of happiness and positivity. But what also happens in addition to happiness and positivity when we help someone who isn't asking is that we send a message to our minds that we matter, that someone needed us, someone benefited from our gesture, from our efforts and mattering, feeling like you're here on purpose and for a reason. That is an enormous piece of the confidence puzzle. So sometimes that looks like holding a door for someone, doing a chore that your housemate didn't ask you to do carrying a heavy load for someone, giving someone directions, whatever it is, don't wait to be called upon to help someone, just help. And that can send a wave of self-confidence over time because it is constantly delivering the message that people need you, that you're valuable and contributing. And that just feels so great. Number five is kind of the opposite in a way of number four. And that is that we need to practice being the person who needs help. We need to learn to ask for help. Asking for help is a confidence practice because it requires that you be honest with yourself first and foremost, and self-confidence rests on that kind of honesty. We need to practice being honest with ourselves in order to get to a place of self-confidence. It also requires that you become vulnerable, meaning that you show this apparent sign of, quote, weakness to the world. Because a lot of us believe that it's a sign of weakness to need help or to admit that you don't know how to do something. We think this shows that we're lacking in some way. And so we don't like to admit it. So how then can this lead to improved self-confidence? Well, if you can practice asking for help and get to the point where you no longer feel that sting of weakness and shame when you're in a position to be needing help, you have reached a level of self-confidence many of us never will. Because many of us are going to be too proud to admit when we need help. And even though pride and confidence may seem like they're related, pride is actually, I think, the antithesis of self-confidence because self-confidence demands acknowledgement and acceptance of our weaknesses. It requires that we address these weaknesses and confront them. And you know what? 
Pride would never dare step into this territory. Pride is much too concerned with appearance and others' perceptions to entertain the possibility of, quote, weaknesses like needing help. So to really truly master self-confidence, you need to get comfortable in discomfort with yourself. So much so that that discomfort is almost hard to reach because you've been in those places. You've practiced it. You need to basically kick pride out the door because there's not really a whole lot of room for self-confidence and pride in the same space. Number six is a practice that I truly, truly love, not just for self-confidence boosting, but also productivity and just overall positivity and presence. And this practice is to set aside three daily intentions every morning. And I'm making a difference here between intentions and goals because this doesn't need to be a task list for you. You're not going to derive real self-confidence from doing what you need to do in the day. So these are intentions, not goals, things with more of a focus on being rather than doing. And this is going to help set a mindset for yourself in the morning. It's also going to help you strive towards something during your day. Your intentions may be the same from day to day. You might set three big intentions for the week. Regardless, I want you to bring yourself to them each morning and revisit them again at night. Because setting these intentions for your day is going to focus you and set your mind up to receive positive things. But it's also going to allow you to feel a sense of accomplishment every day, regardless of what you get done at work or in the house. You are in charge of these intentions. And so they can happen irrespective of your circumstances. If your intentions are to be kind, be positive and be present you can look back at the end of the day and evaluate that and feel good about accomplishing those things. Or you can be real with yourself and say, you know what, tomorrow I really need to focus on that last one. So this practice is going to help in areas of productivity, but also areas of confidence because honestly, those things feed off of each other. Number seven is fun. It is to give yourself some credit, celebrate your victories and successes and just your efforts in general. I mean, When was the last time you patted yourself on the back for something? And not something like, I got out of bed, but something like, I went above and beyond at work, or I helped a friend instead of staying home like I wanted. Take time to intentionally look for those things in your life that you do that are worth celebrating. And it's not just the ways you excel at work or in school. You should pat yourself on the back and really mean it for the ways that you are a good parent, a good friend, a good coach, a good artist, sister, brother, or role model. It doesn't have to be a big celebration, but acknowledge it because again, this is a relationship. It's a relationship with yourself, yes, but a relationship nonetheless. And if it were someone else who did something noteworthy or celebratory, you would be remiss not to acknowledge their efforts, right? So do the same for yourself. That's not conceit or arrogance. I'm not suggesting you go and post a Facebook status about how you're so great and wonderful, because this is not public recognition. You're not going to receive self-confidence from public recognitions alone. You need to have that personal recognition, that personal acknowledgement of your efforts and just say, that was awesome. You did it. Go you. I mean, that's it. Simple. But it can really change things with a little practice and consistency. All right. Number eight goes hand in hand with number seven. Just like we need to both help someone and ask for help in order to gain self-confidence, we need to pat ourselves on the back, but also be able to pat someone else on the back. So number eight is going to be celebrate someone else's success. You might be thinking, 
how is telling someone else great job or congratulating someone else going to help me? Like, sure, it's a nice and a polite thing to do, but we do it because we're nice and polite and because we care, right? We're not doing it to feel good about ourselves. But actually, when we shout someone else out for their greatness, we are again pushing pride to the side, just like when we ask for help. And this is a terribly difficult thing to do, unfortunately, but it makes room for self-confidence. When we take the time to tell someone good job or send them a card or write them a text, we are letting ourselves know that there's room for them and us to succeed. Because if you're like me, you've spent time believing that there isn't room for everyone to be the best they can be. I used to really feel like if anyone else was in the spotlight, that that automatically meant I was out of the runnings to be considered. But I think the truth is that when we illuminate someone else, we automatically illuminate ourselves. There's room for everyone. And the more we can practice celebrating someone else, the more we're stomping out pride so that self-confidence can come in. We are subconsciously telling ourselves that it's okay to be happy about someone else's success and still feel good about our own. Because a lot of times, other people's success is what dampens our self-confidence, unfortunately. So we really need to focus on not letting that happen. And one way to address that is by just acknowledging and celebrating other people's victories, period. Number nine is just real. It's simple. There's no fancy way to say it. It's just think less, do more. Basically, just do it. Quit wasting time in your head, weighing the pros and cons and thinking about the risks because you know and I know that once we spend five seconds thinking about all the bad things that could happen if things don't work out, we're done. We have already talked ourselves out of it. And in turn, we're robbing ourselves of an experience to learn and grow and maybe even surprise ourselves a little and succeed. So in order to gain access to self-confidence, we need to just think a little less and do the things we're thinking about. They're probably not going to be perfect. And you know what? They might not even work. But we are in a position to learn and to grow when we at least try. And that learning and growing is what leads to self-confidence. Which brings me to number 10, the culmination of it all. And that is be always learning. Confidence essentially comes from our abilities and what we can do. And we can do more when we know more. That's just simple logic. But the only way to know more is to learn more. The reason we don't spend a lot of time learning past our scholastic years is that one, our time is a little more limited. Two, we're not being forced to learn. And three, learning asks us to go to a place of little to no knowledge and this time on purpose. So like I said, we're not being forced to go to this place. And this place is rather scary and uncomfortable. But what happens when we learn is that we gain new knowledge to be able to do new things. And we also learn resilience. And we learn a resilience that is almost entirely the result of our own efforts. And that's some empowering stuff. When we can be brave enough to put ourselves in a position of learning and then also develop the skills to dig ourselves out of that position, we are building so many pathways to self-confidence because we're telling ourselves, look what you can do, look what you did, look what you learned. So be always learning means go learn a new skill, pick up a new hobby, dive deeper into the hobby you already have, meet new people, ask questions, go to a new restaurant, try new food, read a book, whatever it is, put yourself in that place. It is scary and it is awkward and it is the unknown. But the flip side, the side we think is the comfortable side, is a place where we are not confident in ourselves because we are 
in a sense, afraid of ourselves. We're afraid of what we might find out if we dig that deep. But I encourage you to try out these practices for yourself and to be consistent with them. Don't just spend a week patting yourself on the back or a day telling people thank you. Do these things always and do as many of the 10 as you can and see what kind of shifts in your mind you undergo as a result. The last challenge I have for you today is to solidify this information somehow for yourself. Take an action step. Make a note in your phone, in a notebook, leave a comment, share this with a friend, say something out loud to yourself that is going to take this information from audible to real. If you read this blog online or in my email, I hope that you read all the way to the bottom about sharing this with someone or making a comment on it because that is another way to solidify this information. I really do feel so strongly about this topic and these 10 practices. So I want you to either show them to someone else or just make this a concrete thing for yourself and write down some or all the things you're going to start doing. I want this to be active and involved. I don't want it to be just something in your inbox or something you hear on the way to work or whatever. I want this information to move, to travel, to spark something. And so in whatever way that is for you, make it happen. I am going to conclude this episode by just reviewing the 10 steps I think we could all be taking to master self-confidence and get on the road to achieving our dreams. Number one was to straighten up. Number two, make a mirror note. Number three, learn to genuinely say thank you. Number four, help someone even when they don't ask. Number five, ask for help. Number six, set three daily intentions every morning. Number seven, give yourself some credit. Number eight, celebrate someone else's success. Number nine, think less, do more. And number 10, be always learning. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you took something away from it. And as always, be sure to subscribe in iTunes, leave a review and keep coming back every Monday for new stuff. Have a great week. Day, night, all of the things. I will catch you guys next time.